Breaking the Middle Matzah. Now, when we left yesterday, we had stopped basically right in the middle of the the elements that you we would recommend if you're going to do Passover. You can do anything you want to. Have a great meal, hang out with your family, just talk about Jesus. There's a few things you do that bring back that point specifically to Jesus. So at a, every Jewish family tonight, the, at some point in that meal, there's going to be three uh, matzah crackers and... What's going to happen, there'll be, usually there's a, a, a little special kind of thing that these crackers are in, mm-hmm. and they are going to pull out the middle one, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. and it's removed, Yes, and it's broken. Yes. Those two things are very important. The larger piece, unless it breaks evenly, <laughs> there's always a larger piece, mm-hmm. it's wrapped up and it's hidden. Mm-hmm. It's called the afikomen. Yes, it is. Now, that is Greek. But that's which comes later. That which comes later. In other words, uh, it is, it's this odd sort of piece that they have really no attachment to. They use it for dessert if they use it at all. It's just set apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hidden or, if you will, buried. And later, whoever finds it gets a prize. Mm-hmm. The youngest one gets to do that. Mm-hmm. So you see, so like you that. hear all of these things, and, and everybody who's a believer goes, "Oh, I get that. I get that. I get that. I get that." <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Forty-five years of Passover in our house, we hid the afikomen. Sure, but there was never any of the shadows and symbolism. Mm-hmm. Just a cracker. Just a crack. It was just hide the matzah. Get go find the matzah. Get a dollar. In yeah. fact, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that, that's what it was. Yeah. That's more than Corey ever got. Wow. Uh, sweet. Hey, this year we gave away $10. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we, had, the... we had Passover last month. Yeah, we did. Know, <laughs> we were busy. So <laughs> the closest you could come as a Jewish person, if you wanted to be really clever, is um, you're searching for it. So the one who gets it, is you're kind of stealing it in mm-hmm. a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they make this as a reenactment of Jacob stealing the blessings mm. that were supposed to go to his brother Esau. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's as close as they can yep. they can come to going, this is what that's about. Mm-hmm. Which, in a sense, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. But again, it still points to Jesus. So why three matzahs, obviously, for Christians, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in that order... We never go Son, Father, Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit, Father, Son. Mm-hmm. It's always Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. The middle matzah. Yeah. I mean, you Father, always son. go, cha-ching. I mean, as a Christian, mm-hmm. as, a, as a little 10-year, 11-year-old kid, I'm sitting out here going, oh, really? Wow. Because it, it blew me away. Mm-hmm. So the Son left heaven. He was broken. He was buried, and then he rose again alive. Mm. Whoever finds him, that is, ask Jesus to forgive them, come and live in their heart. They get a great reward, eternal life in mm. heaven. I mean, for a Christian, when you're, you attend your first Passover Seder, it's like, whoa, he uh, single out this piece of bread because he was foreordained to die for us. These are all some of the 300-some prophecies mm-hmm. that Jesus fulfilled. We break it because he's broken for us. We hide it because he was buried with our sin. We are going to bring it out later because he rose again. Mm-hmm. You eat it before the third cup of wine because he was three days in the grave. And you actually have to eat it as a Christian as part of the thing. You would never skip that part as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's your communion, in fact, because you must accept Jesus into your life to be saved. Not just believe something about mm-hmm. him. You have to receive him. So you do that, and at this point in the service, you would hide that afikomen. And you would ask uh, 
we, you talk about the four questions. We're not going to go in depth on that. The but fear cautious, as they are known. Mm. Sweet. <laughs> and those four questions, uh, essentially, it's it's like the the gimme, the intro to tell me the Passover story. And so it is the history, and you walk through the the slavery, how the Jews ended up in Egypt. You mm-hmm. you walk through Moses. You walk through the Pharaoh and the ten plagues and. You walk through all of that, and that is probably the longest segment of a typical Passover, and that's where you're really waiting for that to get over so you can have the meal, usually. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, in all of these kind of things, I would would just throw this in. You know, it's a really good thing to eat the entire way through Mm -hmm. Passover. Right. From from the first sip of wine or juice to the ending, just enjoy. Have an mm-hmm. awesome meal. Don't wait for things and put it off. Just walk through it, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, in this, we talked yesterday about the first cup of wine or juice. Uh, this is then the second cup, and this has to do with Egypt, which is the plagues and iniquity. You have a second cup, and it is the ten plagues, and this corresponds to the verse... I will free you from being slaves to them. Mm. Now, a full cup represents joy, but because you have to remember the Egyptians who died, you're going to talk and say each one of those plagues, you dip your little finger in the cup and you let a drop of wine fall into the plate. And we do that to intentionally, listen, take away some of our joy. I mean, that's such a really cool reality. We, We cannot have the fullness of joy when there are people around us mm. who don't know him, who are mm-hmm. suffering, who are enslaved, who mm. are enslaving. So um, it's it's a fascinating look at loving your enemies, which was, was very good. The ten plagues are blood, frogs, lice, swarms of insect, cattle disease, boil, hail, locust, darkness, and of course the slaying of the firstborn. Mm. Those are wonderful times. So you lean to the left and you drink that. Now, what in the world? You're a Christian. You you weren't in Egypt. You're thinking, why am I remembering these? All right. So that has to do with the tribulation. The tribulation, when you read the book of Revelation, it's mostly you you're, you're sometimes think Revelation is just hard to understand. It's deep. There's all these weird creatures and crazy stuff going on. But when you talk about that that moment, that tribulation period, that is mostly against the Antichrist. It's not against uh, people of any sort. It's against the Antichrist. Only 12 verses out of 403 are persecution of the church in the tribulation. 3% of the book of Revelation is persecution. 3%. That's pretty tiny when you think about that book. Tribulation is the judgment of God destroying oppression. Just like Moses and the Israelites in Goshen partnered with the Lord in prayer. And based on scripture, we're talking 150 chapters on end times in the Bible. All right. Wow. So based on scripture and the shadows and types, I really believe the rapture is at the end, not the beginning of the tribulation. And that said, when it happens, we'll all know for sure. But either way, (laughs) you want to be near Christ, (laughs) you're good. But uh, in Egypt, Moses releases and stops the plagues of God and that God directs him to as Pharaoh responds to them. And so the church, in this sense, is Moses. 
So as Christians, when we celebrate Passover and we're dealing with that second cup and all that, you're doing that in, in reality that you are called to be on this earth to, to be used of God. You know, the trumpets in, script, in Revelation are hail, fire, and blood. See, the seas turn to blood, death of sea creatures and destroyed ships, bitter water from a meteorite, the sun, moon, and stars are struck and darkness comes. Sound familiar? Mm. Locusts, like scorpions the size of horses. Four angels bring death worldwide, not just in Egypt. Two witnesses preach, are killed and resurrected. There's an earthquake and war. Dragons and two beasts, 666, 140,000 redeemed, the great harvest, the winepress of the wrath of God. This is what you're running into the book of Revelation. Those all relate back here to these, these 10 plagues. Mm. So in scripture, this winepress of the wrath of God, we want our garments stained red. We want to drip with the blood of the lamb. The problem with these, you know, the battles that we argue over Revelation and, and um, this, this concept of looking for to be raptured out is if the hands and feet of Jesus are gone when the great harvest arrives, it makes absolutely no sense in Scripture. Mm -hmm. We are here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. It is for the great harvest. In Revelation 16, we're in heaven and the bowls are poured forth on those who took the mark of the beast and Jesus leads us into the final battle. So uh, that's just a real snippet that you can kind of look and read and discover for yourself. But that portion of, of Passover relates to what the church argues about most of all. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. As you're as you're walking through that, I'm just picturing all the sights we saw. I was too. Yeah. And and, and standing up there looking at Armageddon, looking at where the final battle mm -hmm. is going to be. That's a memory. Ray Haynes is teaching on Passover today. It's all at the Victory Facebook page and the Rise and Stein Facebook page. Part ten coming up.